0: Blog Talk Radio You're listening to the college to pro.com NFL Draft Blast Blog Talk Radio You're listening to the college2pro.com NFL Draft Blast. Edition of the C2P. I'm your host Beau Marchant, and we are doing our first authors on athletes. And today we have a fantastic guest. It's Mike Leach, the head coach of Mississippi State, one of the most fascinating and successful head coaches in college football. He's going to talk about a book he wrote. and He's been the author of two books, um, but we're going to touch base on Swing Your Sword. And he's also wrote Geronimo: Leadership Strategy of an American Warrior. But uh, Swing Your Sword is a book that I've always loved. I always kind of referenced to. And if you're not familiar with it, uh, Coach Leak is going to kind of take us in depth on a couple of things about it. But with that said, Coach, welcome to the show. How's, this, how's today treating you?
1: Well, not bad. I mean, it's getting to be like Groundhog Day. You know, every day is the same, and you kind of get in a routine. And, you know, I try to make a little progress. Uh, I try to do a little reading. I try to get some exercise. I try to eat right. You know, with the additional time, I can be more disciplined on stuff I eat, so I think that uh, does have a benefit. I touch base with family more often uh, than I ordinarily would, and um, so, you know, there's been some positives to the reset, but I think like everybody, um, I'm excited once things get going again.
0: Definitely, and I told you, you know, I didn't want to touch too much on Mississippi State, but we could go hours on you being in the coach there, and, and then the COVID-19, but uh. How excited are you to kind of, you know, get the ball rolling and and, and begin this program and and building this program up as you kind of, you know, set season one under, you know, under your direction?
1: Well, we're really excited, and we had some off-season, you know, where we got a little preview and a little taste, but we never got uh, spring football. So we're not sure exactly where we are as a team because uh, in spring you can install – you know, all your uh, all your scheme and strategies and then teach technique. Uh, and then you see it all come together, and then the positions kind of define themselves, who can do what. And we haven't had that opportunity, so I think we're anxiously awaiting uh, you know, the time that we can do that.
0: Excellent. And, and pre- you know, we wanted to talk about Swing Your Sword, your first book of two, Um, when did you get the idea to do this book? And and when you look back at it, I mean, uh, how happy are we with it? And were there certain things that you wish you would have brought up or maybe some things that you didn't want to
1: bring up? Uh, I, you know, I thought it turned out quite well. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we worked on it for, uh, for about a year and, um, and it was in the works. Uh, uh, we talked about it for a while, but then, um, I thought it turned out pretty good you know We self-published it and it made it to number Five on the New York Times bestseller List and You know one thing they'll study you know Why books sell as well as they Do because it sold more than Athletic books usually do Sports books and um, And one of the reasons that They found is a lot of women read the book And women read more books than Men do and um, And they're, you know, they're not sure. I mean, they're searching for the kind of the secret sauce, the publisher types are. And then, um, <laughs> and they think that, um, you know, it, cause I, I, it's about my, um, you know, kind of my start with my childhood, just sort of my path into coaching. And, you know, everybody can take an interest in a path, you know, if it's not just scores and highlights, scores and highlights, they're more for the, the football aficionado or you know the fan of a particular team and so you know just kind of the things that uh, I thought about as a kid that influenced my life that shaped uh, you know the direction I ended up going and so that was fun and it was kind of fun to think you know as you do a book you have to think about all that and revisit it and you learn a certain amount about yourself and then the other thing You know, with a biography, there really aren't any sources. You're the source. So, um, (laughs) you know, you have to come up with it. And and Bruce Feldman was my co-author, and so we'd have these recorded interviews, and, you know, Bruce would give me a subject, and I'd tell the story. And I learned to tell a pretty good story because if I told a good story with detail and things of that nature in a good order – I had a lot less editing to do when I would get the transcript back. (laughs) I had a lot less to change where, you know, if I was distracted or kind of blew off the story and was all over the map, you know, then I'd uh, create more homework for myself. A book does create a lot of homework. Um, The discovery that you go through as you're putting together the material, this goes in, uh, we keep this out, this clutters it up. Um, that's always a little bit of a challenge. And so that part is exciting. The part that gets tough, and I don't know about everybody, but I have a sense that, you know, once you publish it, you know, it's, it, it may as well be on your on your, on your your headstone because it's not going anywhere forever. And um, so I try to, you know, really micromanage that. You know, is this word too strong? Is this word too weak? Is this too this? Is that too... And so as you read it about six times, you will get tired of your own book pretty fast. And there's a point to where you would like to read any book but your own. And um, um, and so the six uh, times or so going through it, editing it, re-reading it, rewriting some stuff, cutting stuff out, that's the part that becomes a challenge. And um, both my books I had, I felt like I had really good editors, you know, because – you get in the weeds a little bit and it'll be right in front of your nose. But if you have a good editor, they'll say, no, just move this here. or Start the chapter with this, or let's cut this paragraph. And I thought they were very sharp and, you know, I mean, um, well, they all agreed with me for the most part. So I guess that made it easier. But, uh, I, um, um, I thought I, I had some really good editors as we were putting it together. And then, um, Uh, The book tour was a lot of fun, you know, went to cities all over the country and then did some signings. I was doing a radio show at the same time and I was kind of busy, but um, it was exciting to meet all the people that, uh, you know, took an interest in, you know, football. And, you know, just kind of a challenge, you know, developing, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, a lot of people could be proud of.
0: Definitely. Once again, Mike Leachy, head coach of Mississippi State and the author of two books, Swing Your Sword and Geronimo. Kind enough to join us here on the C2P as we talk at authors on athletes.
1: Um, so, so I'm
0: reading through the book, and before we end the show, I, I do want to touch a base on a couple of things specifically in the book. Um, we'll get to it, but you'll know what I'm talking about when I mention Joe Cronk. And then, uh, and, I, and one of the, and, and one of the uh, quotes, you know, the last dance with the Bulls and Michael Jordan. I know you reference a quote from Jordan in there about the Dream Team, but we'll get to that to the end of the show. But um, when I was three through it, and there's so many fascinating things out there. And if you folks out there listening, you know, Coach Leach is a very charismatic. Uh, fascinating coach but when you get into the book you're going to really see so much more and there's a lot of things that you can say heartfelt as well as words of wisdom and some of the things you just don't know from you know the baseball background into law school there's so many things that kind of go into the man that made you today that the guy we're talking to but I thought as charismatic and as fun as you are I was thinking what are some of the favorite places that coach Leach loves to go to when he's on the recruiting trail and those places you like to eat. And what's the favorite kind of food you like having when you're on the road trying to get these five-star recruits?
1: Well, uh, shoot, I wish I had more five-star recruits uh, to speak of. And uh, a <laughs> couple that I have had haven't turned out. I've had, I'll i tell you, i but I've had a lot of really great three-star recruits. And then, of course, I had Wes Welker, who I probably lost some stars for him at the time. But then, you know he went to his five pro Bowls or whatever it adds up to and uh and so you get really excited about you know seeing somebody uh start out at one spot and then just take off but um <clears throat> well recruiting you see all walks of life uh you see um you see all walks of life and then um uh you know you see you see destitute poor you see really rich you see uh yeah, you see, um uh, you know, like I you know, I grew up upper middle class and so you go to an upper middle class house and it's fine and they're good people and you charge as as the house or something <clears throat> you're kinda yes, yeah, so I've seen this. But you you go to some place really poor, you'll see something you've never seen before. Uh I've also been to some palatially wealthy places where they had grand pianos, they had a big old fountain and a gigantic pool. They had uh, a 70-yard, seven-on-seven field out there to work on, you know, tennis courts, uh, you know, all kinds. So I guess the quick answer is see something that you've never seen before and uh, you know, both directions. And then the other thing, you find that happiness isn't necessarily tied to one uh, demographic. One of the happiest places I ever went was a – uh, outside a um, well between Lakeland and Gainesville, there was a uh, it was a dirt cul-de-sac out in the country, and these people lived in literally shacks covered with sheet metal, and um, wow. you know rugs over dirt floors and things like that. That was one of the happiest places I've ever been. I mean, there were chickens running around, the occasional goat. They had a basketball hoop set up that probably has never had a net. Uh, Kids are playing on that. They're riding, you know, a a bike or a tricycle around. It's got this real sense of community. There's, you know, somebody's cooking food, giving the food to whoever comes by, you know, as they're they're cooking it up on the grill. It was just an extremely happy uh, together place, and, and it it really does give you a certain amount of perspective. Um, As far as food, I've had some, uh, well, I've had some uh, meals that were outstanding, you know, like uh, gumbo or something like that comes to mind. Or um, as one fellow's dad, you know, cooked really good Italian food. That, of course, was outstanding. Uh, One time I had... uh, this fellow and, and he was proud of it, wanted to cook for us. And I was very proud of his effort, but the food wasn't very good. And, you know, <laughs> this young man didn't have, you know, a lot of guidance as far as I think he lived with his older brother, not even a parent. And, um, so he melts, uh, that welfare cheese. Um, he tears up, uh, some taco shells, throws that in there, uh, there's hamburger in there without really draining the grease, uh, dumps some picante sauce in and, and stirs it up. And he says, I call it enchiladas. And uh, I did my part. You know, I ate my share, but that was a little tough going down. <laughs> um, the other thing is, um, is the head coach, as an assistant coach within your area, you'll know some of the greatest places to eat on earth. You know, all the good places and some of the hole in the walls are the best. Okay. As a head coach, um, you can only see each prospect one time. So they pass you around to the assistant coaches. And as that's happening, you're going from one assistant to the next, to the next. And, um, the, uh, uh, you know, so, so, you know, they'll, and, and you're on the move too. I mean, if you're not careful, uh you know, in the morning can be you know anything from uh <laughs> grab a boiled egg or two at the hotel if they offer a continental of breakfast or from a seven eleven uh beef jerky then I'd try to be healthy, drink cranberry juice or green tea, and then at night you kind of blow it out and try to go somewhere good and um you know it really varied by different locations and depending on how big of a hurry you were in and in ice. I'll never forget constantly trying to figure out what's open. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a certain amount of that. Is it open, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's over the river and through the woods and yeah, um, and, uh, some will tell you a, a, a great standby for lunch. And one of my favorite, as you get out West, uh, they have a deal called Pollo Loco, which is, uh, I would say, well, I guess it's fast food because they make it fast. But, you know, it's really healthy for you. It's that uh, that Mexican grilled chicken, you know, where they chop it all up. and uh, You can either get pieces of chicken or you can get um, chicken tacos, enchiladas. They'll have some pretty good vegetables. So you feel like you eat pretty healthy and uh oh it's, it's great. I'm hungry. Just talking about it. I'm hungry for polio loco. <laughs> and um um so then uh but there's definitely some dives that are really good. Uh from my experience, uh oh shoot, like uh uh it just kinda depends where you are. I mean like in Mississippi, I've had some uh some gumbo and crawfish that are just off the charts uh you know in l a uh there, I, I knew a, you know sometimes the taco trucks are the best. I'll tell you this oh yeah there there was uh and a lot of people didn't notice it, but there was this there was this Mexican food stand, and they had all kinds of stuff. it wasn't just you know three items or something they had it all, and it was right by a car wash. And you wouldn't even notice it because you noticed the car wash. That was totally outstanding. Um, sometimes you get to cash in on the, you know, the high-end steak stuff, uh, uh, you know, chasing around for seafood. I've done that before. Uh, ideally, you try to avoid uh, chains, but the thing is, is um, uh, chains have a little bit of reliability as far as you knowing if they're going to be open. Right.
0: How about this one, Coach? Uh anything that you stay
1: away from? Is there
0: anything that you don't eat?
1: No, I don't like hot dogs. I, I, I don't like hot dogs. <laughs> um I don't like uh let's see. Eh, hot dogs would be a biggie. Um uh, I I guess I guess I eat about most things. Um uh, You know, uh, sometimes you go to a house and they'll break out some wonderful casserole, which they think it's wonderful. But I can't say that I have 100 percent of the time. Um, (laughs) uh, But then, you know, other stuff you'll run across where, uh, you know, you're dying to know how they make it. And then they tell you it's complex enough that in the back of your mind, as good as it was, you know, you'll never make it, and you know that you won't effectively be able to translate the message to your wife on how it's done. And, um, the, uh, uh, I'd say that's the biggest thing. Uh, uh, I don't like bad pizza either. I mean, there's a lot of places that have outstanding pizza. And, and so, uh, I try to avoid bad pizza. Um, I try to avoid uh, hot dogs. I know I won't eat hot dogs. And then, um, uh, the, you know, you don't want to over on these things because as you're sitting there in a car driving around. And the other thing that can be tricky is, you know, you'll have in, in the evening, and your visits are usually in the evening because, um, you know, that's when people are off of work and out of school. They'll be in the evening. So you go to the first stop, they'll give you something to eat. You go to the next stop, they'll give you something to eat. You go to the next <laughs> stop, they'll give you something to eat. And um, and you got to kind of anticipate just a little bit. Because um, uh, otherwise you'll run out of space by the time you get to the second, and third <laughs> stop. And you know, and you do want to uh, do your part because these people have worked hard to do something nice for you, and, and you know, you want to be in a position where you can appreciate it, you know.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I hear you. Coach, we're almost out of time. And, again, I, I appreciate you sharing some of your day sure. with us. You're so delightful to kind of share uh, some of the insight and fun stuff that you've been able to talk about in terms of the recruiting trail. Uh, but in the book, uh, Joe Cronk, you mentioned him as a, a kid that not necessarily was the most gifted athlete you've ever come across, but you kind of say – he was the reason why you love athletics because you're a kid that, you know, you, you saw and, and you, you kind of put some faith in and he delivered the big hit on the diamond when you needed it. Uh, but through your collegiate careers, um, are there any Joe Cronks that kind of come to your mind that stand out?
1: There's a lot of Joe Cronks that come through there. I mean, there's a lot of Joe Cronks. Uh, arguably our most consistent receiver last year, certainly one of them. We had three really good ones, I thought, a guy named Brandon Arcanado uh, walked on at Washington state. And uh, I think he had the most receptions per game in the pac 12 last year. And um, he, uh, you know, never, he never became a burner. He was just a very elusive guy that could just get open. And um, uh, I would say he was one, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. And I mean, it's, you know, we've had guys that uh, you know, I literally never thought could play, and then, you know, you just have to wait it out, you know, keep doing the same thing, just do it better, just improve on it. And, um, you know, those are the guys you really admire, you know. I mean, uh, uh, their effort and their ability to uh, stick with it and work through the disappointment, you know. But And Cronk, then, then the final to one, touch, I was able to touch base with Go Joe ahead. Cronk, And I, I did touch base with Joe Cronk and had a good conversation with him. And, um, you know, he's not a big football guy, but Joe went on to box for a little while, rodeoed for a little while. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, just living life. And, uh, I don't know if, if Joe's uh, uh, memories are as fond as, as mine are because, you know, the memories he gave me would be pretty tough to beat. But, um, you know, he had a good experience. And they did an article on him recently that was, you know, very complimentary and it was great reading the article to, you know, to get a little uh, more information on, you know, decades later, you know, uh, what happened to Joe.
0: That's excellent. Again, and if you folks want to read more about Joe Cronk and our guest today, Coach Mike Leach, um, "Swing Your Sword" is again a fabulous book, a fabulous read. It's going to be a quick read. If you're looking for a book that you're not going to want to put down, you're probably going to get through in a day or two. Um, I definitely, uh, I uh, recommend uh, "Swing Your Sword." Um, now, the one final one, last, the last dance, that's been on ESPN, Michael Jordan, the Bulls. Um, I know he's also referenced in the book, um, you talk about the Dream Teamers, and you say, you know, that Jordan quote where, you know, he said, I saw some of the Dream Teamers dogging it in practice before the Olympics. I looked over at them, and I knew this was, you know, separated me from them. Um, have you watched any of it, and your thoughts, if you have?
1: I'm looking forward to watching it. It's uh, I got it on record, uh, ready to go, because I kind of want to see it in succession. Uh, one of the things Michael Jordan did that I always admired him the most for, and it was something that he got criticized for, but I, I, I really admired, it. you know, Michael Jordan wanted to be a baseball player and Michael Jordan at the pinnacle of success in basketball says, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to check it out. I'm going to try to be a baseball player and, you know, driving uh, in a bus down some of those dusty roads, uh, you know, to played minor league baseball. I couldn't uh, help but admire him more for accepting that challenge and, you know, to test himself and, to, you know, because, you know, you're going to be dead in 100 years anyway, and the thing is, is um, <laughs> you know, uh, what, uh, what it's going to be is a collection of experiences, and the more great experiences uh, you can have and learn from and enrich your life, I think the better it is. Um, and, and, you know, it goes without saying, I mean, I'm with everybody else. And, and I think he's the greatest ba- basketball player that ever played. You know, they have all these debates. Now he's the best one. Okay. But, um, um, the, uh, um, uh, but you know, uh, the, 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 the eagerness to expand, uh, his capabilities, his abilities to test the water and something else. That very few people would have had the courage to do. Uh, you know, I really think that uh, uh, you know that's an example to a lot of people. You know, forget what all the masses say. You know, uh, go follow your path, and that's what Michael Jordan did with regard to that.
0: Yeah, well, you know what, Coach? I mean, if people read "Swing Your Sword," they're going to follow. They're going to uh, read a story about a, a gentleman on our show. That is you that uh, kind of did the similar thing. You're talking about a law school guy who had a passion for coaching, and lo and behold, you know, you're one of the most successful coaches in collegiate football. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you always being so generous with your time and joining us on the show, but we're almost out of time. But, hey, uh, stay humble, stay healthy out there, and uh, best of luck to you and those Mississippi State Bulldogs this year.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I'm honored to be on. look forward to talking to you again.
0: Thanks, Coach. Once again, that is Coach Mike Leach, the author of Swing Your Sword, and also Geronimo, two fantastic books. And uh, we wanted to touch base on Swing Your Sword because I thought there's just a lot of things to discuss that would kind of you know, be fun for our audience to kind of share with you. As always, we appreciate you stopping by and joining us here on the C2P. This has been a C2P exclusive.